You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Pints of football, where much like Kazuyoshi Miura, we're still hanging around, not really contributing anything, but no one quite has the heart to tell us to go away. Nice. My name is Tom Meadowcroft, and with me, as always, is Darren Napton. Here he is, the main man himself. What are we doing, Daz? So today, I swear, because because we're starting up these new ventures, I swear I start every episode by saying. This is episode one of Insert New Thing. <laughs> but We're constantly growing in new directions. Yeah. That happens to boys at this age. Well, to be fair, the main reason we're doing it, of course, is because we want to do start expanding to be able to do weekly pods. Up until now, we've kind of been like haphazardly doing them once a month or whenever we uh, have a bit of time. But we're, you know, we're we're hardcore podcasters now, so once a week. Butts off. Yeah, exactly. So if you're not already listening to all of our other stuff, then I'm questioning your loyalty already. Right. So anyway, back to the point. This is episode one of the Ground Crawlers. Might do a jingle. I think you should. Welcome to a brand new podcast by your best friends, Tom and Daz, where we try to remember the grounds that we've been to together. Oh yeah, bear in mind we're both kind of alcoholics by now, so it's hard to remember. We've had some good times, we've had some shit times, let's talk it through together. 
as friends. Um, so the ground crawlers basically is is well, it's actually one of your ideas, Tom, originally, where we were gonna basically do a deep dive or a reflection period is probably uh, the best way of putting it of the uh, ground hops that we've done together. So independently, as uh, well. Well, we we are ground hoppers. We're, we're kind of like the uh, we're the cool Batman. ground hoppers. We're, we're like the Batman of ground hoppers um, in that we are we're still a superhero, but you know we do it a di- bit different. Um, so what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> we we are definitely ground hoppers. <laughs> um, in our independent travels, obviously we've done loads and loads of stuff, weird places like random fields in Bristol, Stafford, wherever. But then every so often, there's like a, maybe two or three times a year where the, uh, you know, the forces collide uh, as Tom and Daz actually meet up in person and do a wacky weekend of uh, mm. many grounds, many beers, many pubs, many trains, many... It's, I think it's safe to say that we get a bit overexcited. Yes, I would agree with that. And of course, all of these stories will unravel. The interesting thing will be, because I think we're going to do them in chronological order, and I think viewers, listeners, will definitely realise that we did, over time, descend into the madness that has now led us to be sat in our spare bedrooms talking about these experiences like we're in some sort of nut home. (laughs) Thank you, the plague. (laughs) Anyway, the first ground that Daz and I went to together was the Moss Rose, home, of course, of Macclesfield Town, or as they are now known, Macclesfield. Um, Indeed. I can't remember what year this was. Yes, I can. It was the year that Bristol Rovers were in the conference, so it would have been 2015. Yeah, it was the business end of the season. I believe the Rovers were second in the table and Macclesfield was third. So it was a really important game. And we decided to go together in Macclesfield. You in a Macclesfield shirt and me in a Rovers shirt. (laughs) Skipping merrily down the street together, getting odd looks. Yep. I I specifically remember that a group of teenagers did walk past us the other way and I didn't hear the exact murmurs, but there was definitely something against Bristol, not Bristol Rovers, just specifically Bristol. And then it was kind of like, <laughs> as though it was like, you know, taking the mick out of us like we were school kids. Well, now look where you are. <laughs> yeah. Um, at that point, I was... I kind of ignored the Utes because I was looking for a pub on on Google Maps because there are a shocking lack of pubs near the Moss Rose, if I remember rightly. There are, and it's such a strange thing because anyone who comes to do an away day at Mac always raves about the uh, pub crawls. Um, certainly, like when they were in the Northern Prem um, years well, years before and hopefully in years to come as well. Um, and everyone raves about getting there, going for the pub crawl and all the rest of it. But you definitely have to know 
and plan in advance where you're going because you can quite easily from the train station walk to the ground, see a couple of pubs and think, oh, there must be one nearer. And then all of a sudden you're at the ground and you've been to no pubs. Yeah. So, I mean, in a lot of ways, it was not well planned. It was my, because I, as, as we've said before on this podcast, I'm, I was pretty new to football really. Yeah. Um, not well planned at all. There were some ticket shenanigans, if I recall. Um, I wanted to be in the away end because I thought it was going to be like a really major game that will possibly, you know, put us top. And, you know, I really wanted to be involved in those celebrations. And also, I can't stand Daz's company, so... <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, 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 but I accidentally brought a home ticket so I had to convince the turnstile guy that I was actually Bristolian and not some mad suicidal Macclesfield hooligan. I mean, the the great thing about that is you haven't specifically got a Bristolian accent, and nope. at I the point accent. at the point where you would have gone into the ground, wasn't there also? Um, I'm sure you'll come on to it anyway. Wasn't there also a guy giving out orange T-shirts for um, a Sainsbury's? Yeah, yes, I will come on to it. So you would have turned up in an orange Sainsbury's T-shirt with no Bristol accent, claiming you're an away fan with a home ticket. I should have gone up like, "Hello, mate. I've accidentally brought a ticket to the room stand." I need to get in here with my people. Drink up these cider. What the fuck was that? Well, yeah, I, I think you pretend to do a Brazilian accent. If you'd have tried that accent, I think you would have instantly been turned away. So <laughs> you you don't get in at all in any area. <laughs> Not with that accent, you buffoon. Anyway, yes, as Daz said, uh, this is possibly one of the most embarrassing things that Bristol Rovers fans have ever done, and that's saying something. But um, it was around the time that we were trying to sell the Memorial Stadium to Sainsbury's, um, which would allow us to to build a new stadium at the University of Western England. Um, And Sainsbury's... A lot, a lot of stuff happened, a lot of delays, and eventually Sainsbury's pulled out of the deal. So the Bristol Rovers Supporters Club, a.k.a. Dad's Army, thought because we were going to be on BT Sports that day, um, it would be a really good and powerful protest to hand out loads and loads of orange T-shirts that like basically said rude things about Sainsbury's. But because it was on BT Sport and it was kind of winter, the crowd, the, the away crowd wasn't actually that big. And also everyone was wearing coats because it was cold. And also, so, Messersfield's uh, away end isn't exactly the warmest, I imagine. No, no, we'll get on, we'll get on to that as well. Also... Um, we were constantly chasing Barnet that season, who eventually did beat us to the title, who, of course, play in orange. So we were all stood there in fucking orange shirts. Oh, man. It was dumb. I was too polite not to take the shirt, though. Have you still but got I dumped, it? I dumped it in a bin right after. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So that was the 
arrival and that was sort of the preamble before the game and as you mentioned it was second versus third and um from what i recall <laughs> it was probably in the top 10 if not top 5 worst games i've ever seen yeah game was absolutely shit um i couldn't get a beer um <laughs> <laughs> now, now that I'm not so now that I'm not so naive, I definitely would have joined you in the home end because the the away the, no offense, but the away end at the Moss is proper shite. I've got I've got a picture where the terrace just looks like a fucking skip, <laughs> and I know I know the mem isn't exactly Shangri La, but it, it really did scream "Welcome to the conference, welcome to the conference." We've got pain and suffering. Um, yeah, because I rang, I rang you and said I should have come into your bit, and you said, "Yeah, the the bar here is full of Rovers fans." <laughs> well, yeah, because what happens shock, at Mac? This is the thing: when we were in the conference, up until we went back into League Two, um, what would happen is if away fans were coming in numbers, then half of the away fans would get in the far end of the family stand which would allow them access to the clubhouse and then once that allocation had sold out we'd open up the the horrible end which is where you were and that just has has now it's not called the john askey terrace it's called the horrible end the horrible end i'd be all for (laughs) calling it that because i think it would at least prepare fans for what what's to come uh i i actually have been and sat well stood in that end uh obviously you can't sit in there i did stand in that end um weirdly when mac played against uh cambridge united which we were just talking about before we came on on air and um because that was one of the few games that um had sort of sold out and cambridge didn't really have many fans to bring it was a dead rubber for them last game of the season um we opened up the away terrace for home fans which was uh quite irregular but it does mean now that i've officially been in every part of the moss to watch a game which is is quite a nice thing to say i guess it's yeah i thought about this with rovers it's very difficult to say that you've been in every part of the men because there are so many parts and so many of them are just stupid. Yeah. Um, so that was, well, yeah, th- there's probably not much actually to say about the game, is there? Apart from there's a couple shit. of... It was, um, it was really ill-tempered. Yeah. I remember Tom Parks nearly got sent off because, like, I think someone, obviously, someone maybe who, like, scouts games for you pointed out that he's a bit of a firebrand. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure it was only like the the vitriol from the away fans that got the stopped the ref giving them in second yellow. Um, as much as I hate to say it, Blissett was fucking useless, <laughs> as was Balanta, um, who actually plays for that D- D- and Redbridge now. I think. Yeah. Um, we almost scored an own goal because Will Puddy went for a fucking nature hike instead of being in goal for a bit, and. Chris Lyons nearly scored a free kick right at the end, which would have been, you know, beautiful. Beat the keeper, but it was just an inch wide. So, yeah, it was shit. But we beat you 4-0 in Bristol and went up and now we'll never play you again. Well, you say never. <laughs> not not for the next 10 years, I wouldn't have thought. Um, 
it is getting that way though, where the um, the conference now is pretty much littered with former football league sides because a lot of the um, small conference teams like Forest Green, Salford, etc., are obviously uh, skillfully making their way out of it, um, and uh, as a result, some of the uh, bigger football league sides that fall into the conference are now finding it impossible to get back out. And I'm not sure. I'm not saying that would happen with Bristol Rovers if they did go back to the conference, but um, I certainly wouldn't rule out a joint visit to the Moss or the Mem ever again. Yeah, I certainly, I certainly wouldn't rule out Bristol Rovers returning to the conference one day. <laughs> it was, it was a good season for you guys. I know a lot of your fans speak fondly of that time, and that was, fun. was that, was that your first proper season, like proper proper season supporting them, like going to the games. Um, I was supporting them from afar since the second year of uni. My first ever game was um, when we were still in League Two, though. Yeah, fair enough. Well, so, that is there was, anything that... else to say about our first visit to to the Mosquitoes? Um, no, the only thing I will add: post game, we had a lot more success finding pubs, which yeah. which made up for the fact that we didn't find any on the way there. Um, weirdly, both times we've been to the Moss together. It has been an early kickoff, twelve thirty. Yeah, that's true. So, the good thing about an early kickoff, of course, is that after the game, there is much more time to enjoy a few beers afterwards than um, than the mere eight hours you get after a three pm kickoff. <laughs> I I went. I got tickets to Bradford City away with Rovers. And then, like a week before, they changed it to a midday kickoff, and I wanted to die. I can imagine so. Fucking six thirty in John's minivan. No one, no one should, no one should pop a can at six thirty. No, I don't. I don't think they should. But anyway, this is this is is becoming a very depressing podcast. Yeah, but the one thing that was great was we went to uh, the pub, which I think is now shut. It it wasn't shut last time I was there, but since lockdown, I think it's closed. Um, The pub, which is actually called The Mac, um, aptly, for the sort of nearest uh, proper pub. Um, And that was the one where, you may remember, we went and had a post-match Duvel. Oh, Duvel. Yeah, that was when I discovered Duvel. Which was you don't see it very much, but it is a glorious beverage. Yeah, we, we I distinctly remember that. going on a massive rant about Rovers in that pub, and then it came through that Barnet had lost, and then I was happy again. Yeah, all's well that ends well, as they say. But yeah, that that pretty much was the first trip. Yeah. So as I as I said in my much lamented uh, ground topping blog, Partisan Bristol. I felt that I hadn't really done the moss properly because I only went in the what do we call it terrible end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when Macclesfield miraculously won the conference a couple of years back, Oof. I came along to the promotion party, 
which was another midday game against Dagenham and Redbridge. Oh, man, that was such a good day. I, I really, really enjoyed that day. Lovely, lovely day. Um, Macclesfield don't get many fans, but the ones that were there were all superb. Do you remember that lad we met that um, lived in like Edinburgh or something, but he was um, originally from, from Mac and he'd come back just for the day? Yeah. Yeah. He's just getting on it. <laughs> he just, he, yeah, he walked over to us, didn't he? He, um, he walked over to us from the fish and chip shop and we were sat outside. Yeah, yeah. We were just sat outside the pub just enjoying because it was a really nice day as well. We were just sat out there having a pint. This guy walks over with, with his fish and chips and just tells us he's come down from Edinburgh. <laughs> yeah, it was wicked. Yeah, that was uh, such a, yeah such a good day. We we won two nil. Two late goals from Scott Wilson off Scott the bench. Wilson, it was, yeah, and it was a it was a bit it was it was a very I thought it was a very even game. I thought um, Dagger and Redbridge gave good account for themselves. Yeah, but um, Blissett came off and Scott Wilson came on, and then Scott Wilson was just unplayable. He really like, was. I, I don't think he even played much more than 20 minutes. Yeah, you said, you, you said that he only ever came on as a sub. He was kind of like your Ellis Harrison, but he was superb that day. Did he, he come was, to lead two with you? Uh, he did, yeah. He he didn't get as much of a look in as we'd have liked. And I'm pretty sure halfway through the season, he went back down to Notts County, it might have been. That's a shame. I, I, thought, he was, I thought he was a really good player. Yeah, he, he was he was a great player. Well, yeah, the, the less said about that, the better probably for for you. But um, but yeah, that was a that was a great day. It was nice to see the moss fall again, as it had been sort of the, the previous weeks. Yeah, with, um, and and people, um, like you say, people were um were just sort of filtering onto the away terrace throughout the game. Yeah, it was. I don't think Dagenham brought many, but. The great thing with Dagenham fans as well was they were really, really good fans as well. I specifically remember them, you know, singing throughout the whole match. And again, it was it was for them. I think it was mid-table finish, regardless of the result on the final day. They had no yeah. no relegation to fight for, no promotion to fight for. It was just a, a day out. I think it was sort of an Easter day, wasn't it? It was just nice. I do like Dagenham and Redbridge fans. Like, um, I don't know if I ever told you this. The the day the Rovers went up from League Two, we played Dagenham and Redbridge, and they were already relegated. And a couple of like four, four lads came into our clubhouse, and they were all dressed in Grim Reaper suits. Nice. That's, <laughs> that's something I definitely remember seeing, like on BBC, uh, on Sky Sports News or BBC News or whatever. I remember seeing that, but I wasn't aware of um, it being uh, the Daggers. Yeah. Nice. That that's the sort of stuff you like to see. So, although we sat in the sort of you know what I'd what I'd describe as the fanciest stand, still didn't see the clubhouse because uh, I think they were making it like a VIP only that day. Oh, it's it's nuts, man! The fact you've been twice and missed out on the clubhouse. <laughs> obviously, you'll never ever get to experience it now, anyway, because it's been renovated for the new. Club. Yeah, it's been it's been uh, Robbie savaged. <laughs> it's been savagely transformed. So, so some of the pictures coming out at the moment are ridiculous. It, it's like, kind of yeah. It, I mean, so I'm not I'm not going to judge it till I get there. But um, I yeah, don't yeah. think I don't think 
when Camel Laird come and visit, they'll know what's hit them because they're. Once again, we mentioned Camel Laird in this podcast. Well, they're, they're sort of they're a friend of the podcast. I'd like to think, um, <laughs> <laughs> although they probably never listen to it. But if they do, they'll enjoy. And um, yeah, Camel Laird. Camel Laird, we're very reasonable. <laughs> Yeah, uh, maybe if yeah, maybe when we're millionaires, we'll sponsor them. Well, mm. we could definitely we could definitely do the ground up for them because it, it does need. We've, de- it. we've definitely got to sponsor a team at some point. Yeah, put that in the to do list. Um, but anyway, back to back to the moss. So yeah, you haven't seen the clubhouse, but what I will tell you about the clubhouse is it was my and I might be biased because my team, but it was definitely one of the best clubhouses in in the um in the level because it's got everything. It's got Macclesfield town carpet, which already is a good starting point. Love love a branded carpet. Branded carpet, nice and blue. They did an amazing um carvery or curry or whatever they were doing that day, which was really nice. The bar would serve decent beer and it was it was never more I don't think it was ever more than three quid a pint which you know again um, is, is good stuff. it was it was proper stuff um but yeah you'll never get to experience that now yeah know. thanks but <laughs> but the rest so, of the um, ground we can go we can go to the clubhouse but we we could go into the sort of underground oh yeah pleb bit yeah and what really struck me was the massive, like, Macclesfield jumble sale that was run by the fans. Oh, yeah. You like, did buy it. Selling buy everything from... I brought, I brought myself a Shawan Jalal uh, match-worn goalkeeper shirt for, like, a fiver. Magic. And they were, they were, they were, they were just selling everything from, like, old, um, old programs, every kind of training kit of, and, like, replica kit imaginable. Yeah, and it was all it was all to fund the club, and I, I thought I thought that was great. Like that's they've got Macclesfield have no pretension. They know that they live hand to mouth, and the fans were just doing that to help out. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I, I bought. Well, I'm wearing actually right now a, a purple pair of uh, probably Schwan Jalal's shorts, um, and. I, I buy yeah, stuff yeah. from there the whole time. It's, it's, you know, you can't beat it. And the thing is, when you're leaving a match or when you're arriving at a match, there's always the people who are going program, program, program. And I, I like to feel like, especially since ground hopping, uh, and a lot of people will disagree with this. I like to feel like I've outgrown programs now. <laughs> Cardinal sin. It is. I mean, come on. I mean. I... Uh, you, <laughs> You can buy a program for three quid. Last year in general. Yeah, you can buy a program for three Less quid. For a fiver, you can get a scarf or a you know a badge or a hat or something. I used to buy a scarf everywhere I went, but that became expensive. Yeah, but still, at least you'll at least you'll wear the scarf. What are you gonna do with your program? Stick it in a box and never see it again. That's literally what I've done with all my programs. <laughs> Exactly. So the first yeah. ground crawlers life hack: don't buy a program, and especially if it's three quid, because that three quid can get you a pint. <laughs> That's the way we do things. One of the most remarkable things I've ever seen at any football ground 
is in the in the bogs at um, the Moss Rose. There is a poster advertising Pro Evolution Soccer Two, a game that came out in two thousand and two. It's, I mean, it's my favourite thing. <laughs> my favourite thing at any football ground is that poster. And the first time I went there, I stood at the urinal, I saw it, and even that, that was like 10 years ago, so it was old then. And, oh, that's just, that's exactly... It must have been left there on purpose, because all the rest of them get changed. I, re- I really just think it's someone's idea. I really just think it's like a really bizarre joke. Yeah, it must be. But I love it. It must be. Maybe now I don't even think because Pro Evo never did like low down teams. I was wondering if it was to like celebrate the first time Mac were in Pro Evo, but I doubt they would have ever been in it. Pro Evo was shit back then. Like it's good now, but yeah, back then it was terrible. Yeah, but yeah, definitely that's definitely a highlight. The pies, the branded carpet, and the Pro Evo poster—three best yes. things. And basically, um, the the game was won. And one one thing one thing I did sort of uh, think about Mac is that um, it's a bit it's a bit hard to be raucous, isn't it? Like uh, you won won the match, and a couple of youngsters tried to pitch invade, but they were roundly told off by uh, a bunch of old fellas. I think so. There wasn't really a pitch invasion. The the thing the thing with Mac and obviously it has um it has a lot of benefits as well and it has a, a few downsides is it's very 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 like uh family friendly slash older generation ground uh, fans sorry and I, I know it's like that with a lot of clubs but when you go to an away game with Mac it's a completely different experience it's like. Where are all these fans? I mean, they're obviously there. They obviously just go to a different part to where I go to. But whenever I go to an away day, when we went to West Ham the other year when we lost 8-0, like, the fans, <laughs> the fans were amazing that night. It was brilliant. Also, like, um, another, I, I can't remember what pub this was, but um, we were with a bunch of lads and we were, like, um, chanting, you know, we're going up with the fibre in the bank. And then the barmaid like came over and was like, "Can you keep it down, please?" Yeah, it's like, mate, your local was... team has just like performed a fucking fairy tale miracle. I think we must have know. specifically gone in the non-football pub because if you remember when we were on the train back, there was loads of stuff on Twitter with like all the players in several pubs around the town. Ah, uh, we went to the wrong pub. We we yeah, it was a classic scenario of. Because neither of us are from Mac, obviously I'm a Mac fan. I've been to all the pubs, but I don't specifically know where all the Mac fans drink. I just turn up at any pub and drink. But yeah, we we definitely went in a non-football pub, I think. Well, it's kind of the same when um, Rovers went up to League One. Um, that, was, that was actually my birthday. I was, there with my, I was there with my old man. And like, there was a massive, like, we the fans closed Gloucester Road, like they just invaded it and everyone was like drinking on the street and stuff. And I was completely unaware of this. And me and dad just went to like a pub around the corner and had a quiet pint. <laughs> oh, that's fine. That's so nice fine. But I enjoyed that. And I had like, I had like a barbecue to go to in the evening anyway, but I, good God, that was the best day ever. I passed out at eight o'clock. <laughs> 
can't beat it. It's the moments you live for. I mean, I know obviously there's a lot of uh, stuff gone wrong at Max since that moment. Well, pretty much. Yeah. Most yeah. of it since that moment, but I certainly wouldn't trade that moment in because no. uh, it it was I, a wonderful, it was a really wonderful evening day. Yeah, I, I, you know, you talk you talk a lot about uh, Leicester and Northampton going up when they were in that turmoil. Yeah, um, but it, really proper proper fairy tale stuff with Macclesfield getting it getting the title that season, and yeah. despite John Askey kind of, you know, not doing so well elsewhere. He really deserves a medal for that. Well... The shame ended so soon after that triumph. <laughs> it is a shame. And I know I know a few things have sort of come out since about, you know, sort of players and managers and stuff not being paid. But um, I would like to hope that once the new club's established and once hopefully we start to climb the leagues, I would love to get to the point where depending on how Askey's career goes, that he would consider coming back to the club. Because I think that'd be amazing. That would be amazing. But we've got, we've got, we've got Danny Whitaker at the moment. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I'm still waiting for the announcement that he's going to be player manager. I can't wait if that happens. <laughs> I was just, it, was, it was hilarious when he signed back on. Yeah. In the like sort of dying days. Yeah, he, he basically... Like, oh, oh, my God, this is the end. <laughs> he, he, well, yeah, I mean, it literally was. I think it was the day before the club folded where he signed up and then we played against Witten Albion in a friendly, which was ultimately our last ever match in a, a pre-season game. And, um, yeah, Whitaker played, made his... Uh, I don't know if you can call it a debut, but um he he was definitely there and he played but I, i'm really hopeful that he'll be keeping himself fit i know he'll be keeping himself fit anyway it's danny Whitaker. he's he's the magic man so God bless him. hopefully we'll have in center midfield on the first day of the northwest counties division season if that's where we end up we'll have in center midfield on the right hand side robbie savage <laughs> <laughs> and on the left hand side himself on at some point on the left hand side Danny Whitaker, and that will be a star studded central midfield can we talk about um, the pub that had a wood chipper prominently displayed in the main seating area I mean I mean what you just said probably is as much as we can say about that. Is there anything not... else to add to that? I don't know. <laughs> uh, that was in the um, in the the railway view, I think it's called, which is technically the closest pub to the ground. It's it's not on London Road, the main road. It's sort of um, turn right, go over a little bridge, if I if I remember correctly. But yeah, it's definitely an odd pub. But I'm it's... not sure what kind of signal they're trying to give out by putting that there. I behave or we will grind you. It might be, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like the equivalent of in like biker bars, uh, where they'll have like random things displayed to be like, "Yep, we're a biker bar." So I wonder if they've are maybe got... are they a lumberjack bar? Is that why a woodchipper's there? That's what I was thinking. Maybe yeah. Macclesfield lumberjack community is stronger than you think. Well, I had such a nice day that I threw up on myself in a pub toilet at five o'clock. 
I know that was that was. And a, that is the problem with midday kickoffs. That is the problem with midday kickoffs, especially when you are us. <laughs> well, that's the Moss Rose. Do we have anything else to say? No, just roll on the new season. Roll on the Silkman being back. Roll on the new Moss Rose and roll on Isle of Man away. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I I gotta be honest, I am a bit of a Macclesfield Town fan now. I've got a soft spot for him. Yeah, I don't think they've ever done anything wrong to anyone. No. Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the thing where I find a joke. I I really should do this before we start recording. <laughs> okay. I say, I say, I say, Daz. What do you say, Tom? Did you hear about the two silkworms in a race? No. It ended in a tie. Nice. That that's a good one. I'm a big I fan of that. I think it makes sense. Yeah. Right. A silk tie. Goodbye, everybody. Good Thanks night. for putting up with us. We're so lonely. Tom here, just wanted to give proper credit to the music that we used in this episode. The music that you heard in the intro was Shangalang with On the Road, and the music that you heard in the outro was Entitled by Young Carts. Now, that's something that I picked up for free on a uh, free hip hop sound uh, website, but I would argue that it's a very good track and you should check out Young Heart's SoundCloud for more of that kind of thing. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to follow us on Twitter. That's POF underscore reviews. And you can also find more of our episodes on Sports Social. Thanks very much. See you guys. Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.